everyone, welcome to the Bill Street Bullies on the Fiddle 68 Network. I'm Antonio Ransom. Today we got my guy Preston Lair jumping on the series with me. Talk about his time at Memphis, share some stories. Talk about his time at Arkansas Little Rock and his coaching journey that started back in 2012. Go Tigers, go! Hey Preston, what's going on, man? How's everything going? Tone, Coach Tone! What do they call you, Coach Anderson? What do they call you, Coach Tone? What, what do they call you, man? I like that. I like it here, man. I, like, I ain't got none of no more, but I like the dude you got going on right now. It's you like the baldy. The baldy is working, man. Yeah, I lost it all, man. I had my shit had to go. Had to go. It's time to go. How's everything going with you out there, man? Good, man. It's 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 going good, man. I mean, making the best of the the circumstances of the world we're living in, but we're practicing, we're playing games, and everybody's healthy for now, so. We're we're doing we're doing well. No, that's awesome, man. So like, what, what was it like? What you watch the boys tonight? You ever watch Memphis and I see the picture behind you, man? I'm loving it. Yeah, you see it. You, hey, <laughs> did you did you get congratulate? You know who gave that to me? Yeah, man, that's that's a good one. Mike Mike Richmond from the shout out to Mike Richmond from the Blue Plate Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, Mike's a good a good guy. His wife Debbie painted that. But yeah, no, I I caught some of the game. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I was in and out a little bit, but I did get to see some of it. Yeah, what, what's it like for you, man? I know you, you're super busy, man. Watch, you know what I mean? With your own stuff going on, with your coaching and stuff. What's it like for you when you get a chance to watch Memphis? How, how is it now, like, knowing that you're obviously working with someone else and trying to help another program get better? What's it like watching Alma Mater play somewhere where you were at four years? And it's – last year watching it, it was, it was, uh, it was exciting because – I felt, even though I wasn't there, I felt the energy from the fan base and from the city through the TV. And it was nostalgic for me, kind of took me back to, you know, time that I shared with you there, time where, you know, you had left and we were there. But it was it was fun, man. It was fun. This year is a little different because of obviously the pandemic and COVID. Um, But I'll tell you what, them boys played hard, man. They play hard out there. And, uh, you know, I I relate to that and I admire that. a lot of times it's hard for me to turn off, you know, my, my coaching mind. So I'm, I'm kind of watching the game from a, from a coach's perspective. Um, but it's, it's cool, man. It's cool to see Penny over there. You know, I tell people all the time he used to come up to the gym and scrimmage us. Um, him and his, him and his guys used to come up there and scrimmage us when we were, when we were playing in college. So to see him on the sideline is cool. That's awesome, man. So I, for me, like I said, man, I, I watch and I'm like a fan and I'm a critic, and I'm like, I, I try to play all the views, you know, being a former player. Um, but like I said, I think they get after it a ton, man. I think the last couple of games, they've been starting to get it a little bit today. I know you didn't watch much, but like they started off a little sluggish in the beginning, got down about 14 points, came back, caught up a half, and just gutted it out a little bit, made some mistakes at the end, you know. But I think overall, they're starting to turn the page in which everyone was been waiting to see for the last – since the season started, actually. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a good thing to see, finally. I don't know how many they've, they've won in a row, but I think they got a little streak going here where they've, they've gotten some wins. Um, and, you know, for me, it's different because, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the University of Arkansas Little Rock Trojans, right? So I'm focused on, on our team and being critical of our team. So it's tough to, like, watch somebody else and, and – and, you know, knowing the warts and the problems that the Little Rock Trojans got, and then 
Riddick hat for somebody else. I'm like, you know, I'm like, instead, I'm like, no, Penny, I can relate to that a little bit, man. I know what you're going through. That one right there. I understand. I understand. So for me, I, I empathize with the coaching staff. It, it's a little bit different than than understanding the the perspective of of a fan base a little bit more. But um, nonetheless, you know, it's still fun to watch those guys play. And I think you are right. I think they are kind of coming around with their their swagger and their confidence, and, and hopefully they're peaking at the right time. And you know how important that is. Yeah, man. What was it like for you, though, man? I, I know a lot of people know, but we're super close. And, um, you know, like I was telling people all the time, like I remember you graduated college, we're hanging out one night, you call me like, they're like, man, I got to drive to New Mexico State to go work at camp. I'm like, what? What the hell is that? They're like, man, they give me opportunity to work at camp. I'm out. <laughs> And I remember you go, you, I'm like, you said, man, my parents for some money. Then you call me like, yo, Brian, coming back. <laughs> I'm like, well, like, so like, how is that like for you, man? Like, hopping in your car that this one day driving to nowhere, middle of nowhere, man. And I look what you are, man. I'm proud as hell of you. But like, how was that? How was that role for you this whole time? It's funny because you'd be surprised how often I think about when I finished school, you and I went to New Orleans. And we went to the final four in 2012. We went to New Orleans and we were out there networking and shaking hands. And we kind of both had the same aspirations and goals. We wanted to get into coaching. And here we are, like, what is that? Eight, nine years later, we're both coaching, um, doing our thing. But no, it was, it, was, it was crazy because around my like sophomore or junior year, after you had already left, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. I just didn't really know how. So I used what resources I had. You know, Coach Pastor was around. Damon Stoudemire was around. Just kind of talking, interacting, trying to get some advice on some things that I should do. And, uh, you know, it was actually Dane told me, Coach Stoudemire at Pacific now, he told me, man, you should go to the Peach Jam. So it was going into my, my senior year, between my junior and senior year, I think. And uh, I went to the Peach Jam, and I was able to finagle a, a, a pass to get me on the on the. <laughs> You know, I was finessing a little bit. And uh, so I got over there and I had like the Memphis blue polo on and I was sitting amongst all these college coaches, interacting, talking to them, introducing myself. And I think there was an assistant spot open on the staff at the time. So, you know, I'm talking to Stan Jones from Florida State. I'm talking to Andy Kennedy when he was at Ole Miss. I'm talking to uh, um, all these other different coaches. And I can't tell you how many times people looked at me and go, oh, are you the new assistant coach at the University of Memphis? <laughs> and I was dying laughing because everybody thought because I had the blue polo on and I was at the Peach Jam that I was there working as an assistant coach. They had no idea that I was a player just trying to get a, a jump start on the real world in the coaching profession. <laughs> but no, it, it was nuts. I, I got a call one day on an opportunity in New Mexico State. I had never been uh, to Las Cruces. To be honest with you, I'd never heard of New Mexico State basketball. And uh, I jumped in a car, packed everything I could I could get in there that I would need, drove to Las Cruces, and uh, that's that's the start of my coaching journey, man. Here I am today. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's, that's dope, man. I, I, I say it all the time, like, it's a grind. Whether you play, whether you coach it, like, you know what I mean? Like, however you got to get it, you got to get it. And, you know, I mean, you can only appreciate that, man. Like, what's what's it like for you now, though, man? Like like I said, like, with COVID and things like that, like, what's some of the procedures you guys got to follow? Like, I'm sure all Division One programs are following the same route, but what's like you guys are pretty much cooped up if you're not at your offices or 
I practice. You guys are just at home, can't really be around too many people. What's that like for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like a lot of people don't understand, but we all have a responsibility to the team right now. Like we have a responsibility to our team. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a job, right? Whether you're a manager on the staff, whether you're the head coach in Daryl Walker, whether you're the 13th guy on the team or the number one, you know, option on the team, everybody has a responsibility to the team right now. So we get tested three times a week and, and you know, like we need everybody. You know, we, we need everybody. Our team is our team. We don't want to go without one of our guys or one of our staff members or one of our managers. So we're all prioritizing the safety of each other and making sure that when it comes test time, we've controlled and done everything that we can to make sure that we were safe so that we can, we can pass these tests so we can play these games so we can practice with each other. You know, at the end of the day, that's why you played. That's why I played. That's why we're both in coaching. You know, we want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We want to be a part of a team. And here we are in the middle of a pandemic where that's tested more than ever. It's tested more than ever because it's like, okay, what are you doing with your free time? Are you taking unnecessary risks or are you mm-hmm. thinking about your brothers, your, your coworkers, your teammates? And, uh, you know, for the most part, our team has done a really good job. We haven't, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had to postpone or cancel any games. Uh, our guys are bought in, and uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. So what's it like, though? I mean, you, you, like I said, you remember you played on the cow. You played in the passionate two great head coaches, one at Kentucky, one at Georgia Tech. Like, what's some of the things you learned from them before you got with Menzies? And I know you were tight with Menzies, and, like, you know what I mean? You went with him from New Mexico State, UNLV. Tell me a little bit about that, that how that time was, what you learned from them your four years at Memphis. What was the change with Cal and Passer and Menzies? Like, what was the difference with all three of them? Yeah, that's a great question. I get the question a lot. And uh, the first thing is, is all of them are great basketball minds, right? And one, one thing I've realized is playing in, in Memphis and in the South and then in the West Coast and in the Southwest is, you know, basketball terminologies, different terminologies, um, different way people discuss and strategize for certain things. So the specifics of the game, my knowledge since I left University of Memphis have just, you know, blown up. Like I just feel like I understand and know the game so much better. Um, and that's a tribute to, you know, Coach Cal, Coach Pastor, Coach Menzies, Coach Walker, all people that I played and worked for. But the biggest thing, the biggest philosophical thing that I've learned from those guys is you got to find your own voice and you got to be true to who you are as a person. What are your, what are your principles? What do you believe in as a coach? Because, you know, for example, Josh Pastor took over a hall, a hall of Famer's job. He took over after John Calipari. And I got a lot of respect for coach Pastor because he didn't try to be somebody he wasn't. He knew who he was and he was going to be himself doing the job he knew how to do not the way he learned it from Calipari, not trying to be someone else. And it's the same thing for Coach Menzies. He is who he is. And, and that taught me a lot. Same thing for Coach Walker, who has been, you know, at the in the in the W, he's been in the WNBA as a head coach. He's been in the NBA as a head coach. He's been a division two head coach. He's been a division one head coach. All these guys have great, vast experiences that I get an opportunity to learn from. But at the end of the day, I realized that. I can take these bits and pieces, but I got to be true to who I am and who, who I am as a man and as a, as a coach. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I've learned thus far. 
gr growing up in Memphis, man, being a Memphian, like I obviously dream a lot of Memphis kids to play basketball to play at the University of Memphis. You grew up in Memphis, you knew about Penny Forever. I know your parents, big time Memphis basketball, Memphis sports, they're big time fans of all sports. I know they 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 talked about Penny. You knew who Penny was. We knew who Penny was when I when I was there. What's it like for you now seeing a childhood idol of yours of your own taking over the university which you love dearly, where you where you spent your time? Like what's that like now seeing that and what's that do for the university and the city? Like the uplift of it, like what's your view on that? I mean, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And here's why, because I know how much Memphis Tiger basketball means to that city. Means to me, means to you. And it's close and dear to our hearts. So to see one of our own, somebody that, you know, bleeds blue, that sweat, that cried, that gave it all up for the city, for the university when they were in college and even represented and was an ambassador for our university even after college. To see them now kind of full circle, come back around and give back in a way that you and I are both doing, but on a, on a different level, yeah. it's, it just like, it just hits you. You know what I mean? It, you can't help but, you know, appreciate and respect and admire somebody and, and relate to somebody who understands what Memphis Tiger basketball is really about. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. Like I, like I said, I watch and I get frustrated at times, you know, I'm like, come on, man, like yelling at the players as if I know them personally, like, but you know what I mean? It's tough because I, I, I think they should go undefeated every year. That's just my, my thought process. Um, but, you know, I think they're growing. I think especially this year, we, Man, it started off. Ooh, it, was, it was a tough slope, sure. um, but they've been climbing. They've been climbing that wall, man. I think they they're starting to get a big win again today versus SMU, who's top offense in the league. You know, we kind of showed today we can score and keep up with teams like that. So you know, I think we're taking the right strides. You know what I mean? I think now we got Houston coming up, which is going to be a tough one. You know, you just got to win those games. I think you they win those those games they should win. You know, we lost a couple. I think. Then they then they'll start picking up a little bit. I think it's you know uh, you know a lot of people say oh they're young. I, when you're when you're you're a freshman or your sophomore, you get minutes, big minutes. You're not young no more. You know what I mean? You're out there with the wolves, baby. You got you got to grow up kind of fast. And I think some of them are starting to get it. You know, I think a lot of them are you know starting to play a lot more unselfish. And I think that's what's turning the page for them for sure. Well said. You sound like a coach, man. You sound like a coach who's won championships, man. Man, I tried, man. I tried. I'm, you know, I'm here in Massachusetts, man. It's different. We're not playing, you know what I mean? So it's tough for us. You know what I mean? We're waiting until March to play, but so all I can do is watch, man. I, I just try to watch as much basketball as I possibly can and just, you know, you know, steal some plays and side out of bounds, some base out of bounds plays, man. Anything I can get. <laughs> thieves, man. We're all good thieves. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I, that's that's my whole outlook on it, man. Like, so what's it like, man? Like, like I said, you you coach pros, you coach guys overseas, man. Like, what's that connection like for you? You know what I mean? I know it's, hard, it's tough for you because we talk like being – can't really be home as much as you would love to with your family in the summer. But what's that like for you on the grind, like, year-round, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, what's that like for you? Like, give us a day in the life of Preston Laird, man, like on a, on, a, on a normal day before COVID and now with COVID. Okay. Um to be honest with you, it really hadn't changed pre-COVID or, or, or post-COVID. 
or, or during COVID. I wish it was post COVID. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's just the grind. It's getting up. Um, you know, especially during the Christmas break, we just got back in school, but during the Christmas break, those NCAA regulations for hours, you know, how it was with, with uh, coach Cal going in and, and doing two days and stuff like that. A lot of times what's happening is, you know, I'll get up, um, I'll, I'll get an extra workout with maybe some of the guys that are younger that aren't playing as many minutes. Um, we'll go into, you know, weights, the team will lift weights, they'll get lunch, they'll come back, they'll have a little time to rest. They go in, we go into film session, um, and then we hit practice. Now that's usually what the schedule is for the team. As a staff, it's a little bit different. You know, I might have that workout in the morning while the team's at weights. We're meeting as a staff. We'll talk about recruiting, navigating the whole process of, of recruiting during this pandemic when it's a dead period. We're relying on, you know, our relationships on film, trying to get full games, which is tough because, like you said, you're not even playing in Massachusetts. So sometimes we got to get real creative with our evaluations. Um, after we maybe sit on some recruiting, we'll sit and we'll do a little prep. Like this weekend, we play Louisiana Monroe. So we're going to sit down and we're going we're gonna to get a feel. We'll do a feel-out game. We'll watch a game of Louisiana Monroe. From there, we'll kind of discuss what we saw, what we felt, their style of play, kind of as a group collaboratively. Then we'll pull up a, another game and see what kind of common themes and trends unfold as we continue to watch more and more film. From there, we'll sit down as a staff. Coach Walker usually takes the lead on this, but we'll practice plan, okay? What kind of, okay, most of what they do is motion. So we need, to, we need to spend a lot of time in shell today emphasizing our principles, you know, jump into the ball, ball you man, our rotations out of help, ball pressure, all these things. Because at the end of the day, we know those principles defensively are gonna carry us through the game, right? So after we plan practice, we usually head to practice. Uh, Post-practice, we spend time with our guys on the floor, getting maybe some extra work, some extra shots up. Um, after practice, they have dinner. We'll go back up as a staff, kind of meet, talk about how practice went, what we observed, what we thought went well, what we need to, to come back and, and double back on for the next day. So it, it, it's a nonstop grind tone, but you, you're, you're, you're a competition beast. Like you're a warrior. And, and when you get in that grind and you get in that mode of competing, like it just, it takes you to another level where the grind isn't the grind. Like it's just, you're, you're competing, it's, you're working, but you're loving what you're doing while you're doing it. You know? So like a lot of people think the game starts at Friday at seven o'clock when the ball gets tipped up. No, the game doesn't start then. It starts Saturday night, the week before with the preparation. That, that I just talked about with everything from the film to the practices to the meetings. What was that like for you, man, last year, stepping into FedEx Forum on the opposite side of the bench? Oh. Um, man, how was that? I, like, that got to that got be a little thrill, like walking through that, getting off that bus in, back there in that tunnel, man, going down that, that hill with that, with that, down that garage. What's that like, man? What was that like for you getting off that bus as a visitor now? It was, it was, it was crazy, man. It was surreal. It really was. Cause I, I hadn't been back in the forum since senior night, my senior year. And I knew it would happen at some point. I knew I would be back in the building, probably coaching against the Tigers. So um, I, kn I knew it would happen, but even knowing and, and telling yourself, oh, it's going to happen. It doesn't prepare you for that moment. Um, but walking back in the building, I'll tell you what though, 
seeing all the familiar faces and the people. You know, the, the building is the building. It's walls and mortar and brick and concrete and all that. But it's the people that make the city of Memphis. It's the people that make the FedEx form. So seeing those people, that's what really kind of hit me was seeing those familiar faces and those greetings and those those welcoming moments. And and uh, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, but when, when it was game time, it was game time. I want you to know that. And I went over there playing frenzies or funsies. <laughs> Dave, uh, unfortunately, we came up a little bit short, uh, but our guys did compete. It, it was it was a really cool experience, nonetheless. Oh, that's awesome, man. If you last thing for you, man, if you got any words of recovery for the kids at Memphis now or in that jersey, uh, I mean, I mean, what, what would you say to them as as a former player? Even though you're coaching somewhere else, what would, you, what would your advice be to them and the, the, the fans, you know, who are watching these, these young kids go through the process that they're going through? Um, what, what would be your advice for them? I would say that. Do not get too high with the highs and do not get too low with the lows. Put the team first, rely on each other. Always base your decision on, is this best for the team? Do I need to hit this shot? If I'm not hitting this shot, what am I doing to, to practice, to get myself in a position where I can hit this shot? Because the team needs me to hit this shot, right? And then I understand there are expectations. I know that, we all know that, but that's what I'm saying. Control what you can control. Don't get too high when things get great. you got to handle success just like you handle failure. And that's trying to get better every single day, trusting that process. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And for the fans, for the fans and members, man, who everyone loves, man, myself, you, everybody, you know, I think, you know, for them, I, I see a lot of them, uh, so much support. Then there's a lot of people who, you know, they, you know, lose the game into the damn, damn, man, like, we're not good, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, me personally, you know, I, I would, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, like it takes time. I think uh, the the four years, um, the, you know, I, I was at members with Kyle and all those guys, you and everyone else, you know, we, we they weren't used to seeing many losses like that. You know, they weren't used to seeing, you know, uh, you know, smaller teams beat us and things of that nature. So, you know, they, they got accustomed to, some dominance, you know what I mean? I think that's why I tell them all the time, you know, it, it's going to come, you know, you just got to be patient with it. You know, things don't happen overnight. Um, you know, it's just a tough fan base because they love that Memphis basketball. So, you know, they're going to ride with you, man, but they're they going to throw some punches at you. You just got to be able to take a few. <laughs> you, can't, you can't ask for a loving, passionate, fiery fan base and not expect a little criticism every now and then. Too. Yeah, they're going oh, to give it to you, but it's, it's well worth it. Because they'll hug yeah. you, they'll hug you, and hold your hand if they see you in public. So you know, I mean, I, I always appreciated those people, man, because they well they definitely make the best of it. Well said. But Pete, man, thank you, man. I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. It means a lot. Whenever you guys play this week or this weekend, good luck, man. Get that W, or I'm gonna text you talking trash. <laughs> good to see you, man. Ah, right, my God.